Hello, hello, hello. It is April, so you know what that means. It's time for another edition of the Big D Podcast, talking a little NFL draft and maybe a little rookie fantasy football on the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in the night's special guests, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all my content. Got more videos up ahead. Also, check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. Well... Through the power of the internet, joining us from from uh, Washington State. That's right, Washington State and I is my friend Jesse. Jesse, uh, aren't you glad there's something? Be there's a Zoom. Otherwise, uh, we we would be spending about ten hours in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah, this would be a a little bit more difficult to to make this happen. But I appreciate you having me on your podcast, and I'm excited to chop it up with you today. Yeah, thanks for hopping on, Jesse. So. Can you believe it's only 15 days until the National Football League selection, annual selection meeting in Las Vegas where the newest crop of NFL rookies will be selected? I'm pretty excited. Like, this is the, um, as they say, for, like, Dynasty, this is, like, the grind time, right? Because everybody's, like, paying attention to all the incoming rookies and seeing who they prefer. And you have all these lists with people ranking, like, different players in what order, but it's – it's fun to kind of see the perspective the dynasty players take as opposed to like redraft. So this is like my, probably my favorite time of the year too for that. So uh, my Jacksonville Jack also got the number one pick and sure it may not be the biggest dynasty question, but from a football question, where do you see the Jags going in, a, in two weeks? Do you think so, the Jags take Aiden Hutchinson or will they look to draft the one of the tackles? So I would – it depends on philosophy, what you're looking for. Um, with how bad of a year Trevor Lawrence had, like I fully would be on board with them getting him an elite, like game-changing tackle to protect his side so he doesn't have to worry about the incoming pass rush and he can actually just focus with his time in the pocket and hit his receivers because last year was not ideal for that. Um, but if you're looking for the best talent in the draft, you can make a case for like Aiden Hutchinson or like Kayvon Thibodeau or somebody like that, some impacts, or even like um, Walker out of Georgia, any one of those three edge guys who are just like a blue chip prospect and they could instantly change your defense. So it's more like a philosophy case, but I'm expecting them probably to take a tackle, but everyone says they're going D-line. So I may be wrong on that one. I mean, personally, knowing the Jags, I think we should take tackle a tackle because you can never have enough offensive linemen. And Trevor Lawrence is the future, present and future of this team. So I think you get the most offensive linemen you can. And I really like the tackle from NC State. Uh, I, I don't know if I can pronounce his name, but uh, he's really good. Evan Neal. Looks like he's another stud. I mean, he is. Evan Neal is so big. But yet he carries that weight so well. Yeah, he's he like it's weird. You like saw photos of him and he doesn't seem like he's like that of like a heavy guy. He's like really slim for his size and he carries it really well. So that's promising. And I mean, he's also extremely athletic and that stuff matters for the high end tackles. So like another guy, if they were to say like trade down, they could always go get like Trevor Penning, who's um, from northern Iowa. And that guy's an absolute monster. So there's quite a crop of tackles for the Jaguars to whoever they want to set their future with. It's, it's pretty promising for them. 
But in the end, but in the end, no one, no one, the in the end, no one. Trent Balky loves defense alignment. I think we're going to draft Aiden Hutchinson because he's going to love defense alignment, and there's not really a great player in this draft. There are a bunch of good players. There's no Trevor Lawrence, and unfortunately, there's no future star quarterback who you could trade the pick because I think the Jags would rather trade the pick and get four or five picks for him. But there's no Bryce Young. There's no C.J. Stroud in this draft. I mean, unless somebody likes Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, but Mm -hmm. I don't think you would get that. I don't think you would take them 1-1. I think the Jags probably take Hutchinson and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's really good, and he he rose a lot this year because he wasn't really consensus top prospect going into the year. Like, that was Thibodeau out of Oregon. Like, he was the guy we were always talking about in the offseason being possibly the first pick. And then we kind of had some quarterbacks fall off, like Rattler last year, who was the top mm-hmm. quarterback going into the year, and he just absolutely face-planted. So it leaves this opening where everyone says to trade down, but if nobody really wants to trade up, then you just got to take the best player. And if Hutchinson's our guy, then they should fully take him. So back to more of your expertise in dynasty. Uh, the, I, I, seemingly, the NFL continues to put out wide receivers in every draft, and this year <laughs> there were several more outstanding wide receiver talents available. Who is your favorite wide receiver from a dynasty perspective? Okay, so it's the guy that I've been in love with the past two years who's just – he's like a freak of nature. It's Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. And people are kind of lower on him because we all expected him to run this, like, insane DK Metcalf 40 at the Combine. Um, but he still is – like, he's a really good on-field athlete. Like, um, RA Analytics was saying he was pushing over 22 miles an hour um, when they had video of him, which is – insanely fast you're basically pushing for four speed on the field so that kind of like quells any concerns people had about his athleticism but you see him if you ever want to see quite the performance just turn on the tape of him versus Alabama this last year where he just was a man amongst boys like he completely dominated and like whatever they did they could not stop him and then that's Alabama and those are potential first round picks they have on the defense side of the wall and it didn't matter like he was clearly the best player on the field that day so I've like, I'm still fully in on Trey Lombergs as my favorite wide receiver. Like he has the package of he's big, he's fast, he's quick. He knows how to separate. The only really concerns with him are the fact that the way Arkansas used him where he didn't play much on the outside and didn't really play much against the press because he was in this, like this big slot role so much um, where they just want to get him the ball and easy because let's be honest, their quarterback play was not ideal. So it leaves a few question marks where you have kind of this tier of four or five wide receivers, um, basically ranging from like him, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Chris Olave, kind of like this big five. So it's basically a pick your poison because they're all pretty different wide receivers. So you have like London, who's just this big body, like contested catch guy, who he's actually more than that, but that's what he's viewed. Then you have Olave, who's this really fast elite route runner. Wilson's just this all-around superb wide receiver. And Jameson Williams, who's just, like, literally, like, the fastest player, like, in college. They were saying 
like the separation and speed, which he was running at, like we're blowing people out of the water. So it's, it's really a pick your poison, but when it comes down to it, Traylon Burks is, will always be my guy going into the draft. And yeah, everybody looks at 40 on dash times because it's because it's fun. Oh, I run a four, I run a four, three, I run a four, four. I'm like, you're not running a 40 yard dash. You're not running a, the NFL. It's not a 40 yard dash. You know, Jerry Rice, <laughs> Didn't run a fast 40-yard dash. And yet nobody could cover him in the NFL. Not including Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, he's literally the best, best wide receiver of all time. And for good reason, because you you couldn't stop him. It was just it's incredible to watch that man like work at his craft and do what he did because when you look at his stats and compared to everybody else, he just blows everybody out of the water. What he did. And by the way, the NFL's best wide receiver this year, Cooper Cup, ran a four-six-two out of college, and mm-hmm. yet, and yet, I don't remember anybody stopping him. Right, he was um, an elite-level producer in college, like ridiculous stuff. The one like athletic trait that he had that did pop was his quickness and his like his burst. Where like you have David Bell this year, where he's like sub across the board. So if you have somebody who's like a sub-athlete across the board, they better be able to consistently win every time just because it's harder for them. But if you're like a mediocre, like athlete or wide receiver, like I wouldn't hold it against anybody because as long as they can consistently win in one-on-one matchups, that's all you really need. Or if they're like a zone beater, then they're totally fine. So there's different ways to win. You don't have to be this, oh, 4-3. And if we look at like correlation, like speed and being a productive wide receiver in the NFL, there's almost zero correlation so it's kind of one of the positions where it matters the least if you're looking for fantasy. And uh, I really like Garrett Wilson the, from the Ohio State uh, because I, I know everybody says Chris Olave's the route run, but I think Wilson brings a nice combination of speed and route running. Mm-hmm. And, you know, team, and, you know, in November, December, January, teams are going to play in bad weather. Well, guess what? Garrett Wilson played in Columbus, Ohio, where mm-hmm. they play game where the Buckeyes played in the Big Ten in bad weather. We all watch. We all watch Ohio, Ohio State, Michigan when that game was played, played in freezing rain, snow, whatever condition. And uh, I really like Eric Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised. I know wide receivers. Maybe overdrafted, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gary Wilson's a top 10 pick because you look at some of these teams, the Jets potentially could look at him even at uh, even early in the first with one of their two first round picks. You look at trying to think the Atlanta Falcons probably need everybody on offense right now, but they do. I think wide receivers the top need, and Garrett Wilson would be a wonderful compliment to Kyle Pitts because you imagine Garrett Wilson and Kyle Pitts for the next 10 years. Yes. Your, your offense looks so much better with a, like a high end wide receiver attached to Pitts. So like Pitts doesn't have to do everything. So if that would be very much a great thing for Kyle Pitts and Garrett Wilson to team them up together and, you know, Mariota in the short team or whoever is going to replace him in the long term, like you have that, that building block to work around. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm not. I think wide receivers are becoming more and more important, and teams have to adjust because otherwise, you're going to be like the Green Bay Packers still, 
and the bomb in the first round with no chance of replacing Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can't, no matter if you had the first pick in the draft, like you can't replace Devontae Adams. He's literally the best wide receiver by far in the NFL. Like what he does and what he was able to continue to do is just, it blows my mind. Like someone his size and the way he's able to get off the line of scrimmage, it's so impressive if you watch his technique. Like he's easily the best wide receiver in the NFL. And like there's, you know, there's players who work really well in certain schemes like Cooper Cup where he got the upgrade of a quarterback and all of a sudden you see him just go to work day in and day out and he was just dominating defenses. And that's what I like about wide receiver where you have all these different kind of skill sets where different players can win at different positions, where it's not like a tight end where you need to be a certain size. you got to be fast, things like that. Wide receivers, you could be like Keenan Allen where you're not considered athletic at all, but you're just precise route runner. You could win. You could beat someone deep with speed like Jamar Chase where he <clears throat> uses his body and his physical presence to just actually just bully you and win. And there's like countless other guys. Like you have these slot guys that are quick where you could put like Tyler Lockett in the slot and he's just a nightmare, which is like, I love Tyler Lockett. He's like one of my favorite players in the league, but it's just, it's so fun because you have different prototypes that can win across the board. Yeah. I mean, you imagine what a, you imagine what Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf could have done if uh, P. Carroll allowed the Seahawks to throw, to open up the offense a little bit. Oh, I'm I'm praying to the football gods one day that they can just let that happen because we've been asking for it for years up here. So maybe one day. You imagine, one day you imagine if the Seahawks go from like bottom half of the league and pass attempts to like top 10 with Duke Lock this year and you're going to be thinking <sighs> and everybody be thinking, yeah, oh, if only we had done it with Russell Wilson. Right. Like if so if you – if you unleash Drew Locke, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a nightmare, but it would be fun. Like it'd be kind of like this beautiful storm of like Jameis, but just a worse version of it back a few years ago. Yeah. Where you don't know where the ball's going, but at least somebody's gonna put up some points. So <laughs> there would be some high scoring affairs. It would that. be a it would be a rainy ver- it would be a rainy version of Jameis Winston and maybe uh trying to think who would be and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins like Kirk Cousins is weird. Like, people hate on Kirk Cousins, but he's, like, he's a really good, like, quarterback. He's just not good enough to be elite. But his numbers across the board tell you he's elite, so it's the most confusing thing, trying to, like, pinpoint how good Kirk Cousins is because he's making all this money and he puts up all these stats and points, but his team struggled to win. And he's also in a situation with another head coach who loves to run the ball. And I'm like, you have freaking Justin Jefferson. You have Thielen pass the ball, let Dalvin Cook catch the ball. Like, don't run the ball. It's just, it's just some of these coaches just frustrate me beyond belief. Maybe that's why Zimmer is no longer the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, but um, we'll see what uh, Kirk Cousins does this year because the Vikings are going to be a very interesting team, mm-hmm. especially with who's in and who's not in the NFC North anymore. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be a fun division. Like the Lions will be entertaining, even though they won't be very good. And honestly, I don't think anybody knows what's going on in Chicago. That the Bears are who uh, the Bears are who they thought they were. <laughs> That's very true. You have Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, and you have maybe Cole Komet, but it's like it's yeah. rough looking at that line and what they have. And then the defense, where you just traded away Khalil Mack, it's like that looks like a rebuild situation if I've seen one. 
Okay, so now we head to the NFL dynasty. And uh, which dynasty quarterback do you li- do you really like heading to this year? Okay, so I'll give you one that's kind of lower, um, who isn't everybody's favorite. Because I actually posted a question like, hey, can you guess who my biggest dynasty buy is this year on Twitter? And I got like 50 responses. Not a single person guessed him. It was Derek Carr. Um, I'm actually very intrigued by Derek Carr this year. Um, He's not super old, so I know people love young quarterbacks, but as long as you're not like Matt Ryan's age, you have plenty of years left. He just signed that massive extension where it was like $120 million. So he's locked in with Devontae Adams for the next handful of years. And then you, what you do is you don't force Waller and Renfro to be the guy. You let them support Adams, and you have this three-headed monster where it's going to be very hard for defenses to choose who to cover. Because you could do what they did against the Packers with Adams, but if you send all that coverage, like Waller's going to be open or Renfro's going to beat them out of the slot. And then you also have Jacobs, who's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year because the offense is going to be very good in a very difficult division, like by far the hardest division to football. So it's going to be a lot of shootouts this year with that offense. So I'm expecting Derek Carr's best year of his career. So that's the guy I'm kind of targeting if I'm targeting kind of a later I don't think you're that crazy because, I mean, Derek Cole's going to have the best team around him. You've got mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs with an offensive mind head coach and Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. That's a key part of it, too. He knows how to use his talent and set him up for the best way to win. So I like that addition from an offensive perspective. <sighs> trying to think of who my guy would be because – I'm not even sure my guy will be starting this year based on what's going to happen. But am I crazy? If Am I crazy? But could Trey Lance be a top 10 dynasty quarterback this year? So in dynasty drafts, um, Lance is basically already a top 10 quarterback. He's He continues to go um, kind of that 112 to like 202 range in super flex leagues. And there's usually between eight to 10 or 11 quarterbacks that go right there. So he's basically pushing into that top 10 quarterback. And I absolutely love Lance. Um, He's set up in a perfect situation. He has these yak monsters, which means you don't have to throw it downfield very far. If you're struggling, you can just check it and just give it to Debo, who's one of my favorite players in the league, or George Kittle, who's just a freak of nature. And then, oh, yeah, you also have Brandon Ayuk, um, who's a very good wide receiver as well. And if, you know, you want to run it, you could run it with him. And Lance is one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. And um, he took over in the Seattle game, and he put up 20 points in the second half, basically, just in like a half of football because they were they were struggling. They needed the boost, so they just turned it over to Lance. And you saw, like, the skill set come through, why the 49ers traded up to pick three and passed on Matt Jones, passed on Justin Fields, and they decided to take the guy that they loved. And I didn't blame him for it. Um, it was kind of a bummer seeing him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo because nobody really likes Jimmy Garoppolo from a fantasy perspective. And Garoppolo's so, always hurt. Yes. <laughs> and there's that. And people just don't think Garoppolo is that good. He's very much a game manager is how we call him. So now you're adding someone who has more of a skill set to take that offense to an even higher level. Like if Trey Lance hits his peak, he's easily going to push into the top five like quarterback in dynasty, if not higher, just because that upside is so high and so tantalizing with him. 
So that is not not a bad guy to get behind. Um, and I wouldn't worry about Jimmy Garoppolo. At some point, they will trade him. It may be during the season or whenever, but they're going to get rid of him at some point just because someone will probably get injured and some team will need a quarterback and they will call the 49ers. And they may have overplayed their hands with like um, Indianapolis early this year where they didn't want to trade him for what they were offered. But at some point, Garoppolo will get traded and the job will be Lance's this year. So I was more thinking about dynasty running backs um, because everybody loves running backs. And who's kind of your dynasty running back, the guy that if you go into a draft, he's the guy that you're targeting? Well, well, most people would say John and Taylor because he's so young and he's Mm -hmm. the guy in Indianapolis. But I really am intrigued about Javante Williams, the Denver Broncos second-year stud for North Carolina, partly because, let's see, the Broncos added this guy named Russell Wilson. I've heard of him. Just saying, you might have heard of him. So so I'm not picking on your Seahawks, but but, uh, I really am intrigued by what – Wilson Wilson would do this year because Javante, we all saw what Javante Williams did that Sunday night against Kansas City. And now you've got an, an offensive mind coach in the Daniel Hackett coming in. We saw what Hackett did with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. Javante Williams can be this dual threat monster as a running back and a receiving back. Which is great for fan for fantasy with that PPR mm-hmm. value, and without Melvin Gordon stealing all, stealing all the touchdowns potentially, Williams Williams could potentially reach the end zone 12, 15 times this year. I really like Javante Williams. Yeah, he's he's set up to absolutely smash, as they say. Like it's another fantastic situation. All you're really hoping. At this point, is that they don't resign Melvin Gordon? Otherwise, and then it's going to be the yeah. same situation as last year. Then I'm like, why did I pick him? One? <laughs> why did I pick him one three? Mm-hmm. And I nobody wants him? that, right? Because obviously, if you run, if you're in a non superflex lead, the top three running backs in dynasty are right now are Taylor, Najee Harris, and probably Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make a case for like Swift um, if you wanted to because he's pretty entrenched in that top four tier. For oh, me, it's like there. Christian McCaffrey's in that there, but he's not for everybody because he's older. But yeah, Williams is definitely already in that top tier where if you miss out on him, then you start getting into older guys or guys who people are very unsure about. Like you're looking at like Saquon Barkley with all his injuries, which ugh, has been such a nightmare rostering him the past few years. You got Antonio Gibson. You have like older guys like Kamara, players like that. So it's running backs in this very weird state where it's we have complete faith in Jonathan Taylor. Outside of that, it's those other young backs, Harris, Swift, Williams. And then it's just starts getting very much a dice roll because McCaffrey is the biggest advantage when he's healthy and he's playing because nobody does what he does the amount of work he gets, the pass catching, everything, like he's literally still a cheat code if he's playing. But the injuries the last two years have just absolutely been brutal for anyone who's rostered him. So it makes it where he's a value if you want to take that gamble. And I'm fine, but I understand it not being for everybody because he still costs a lot. 
And if you invest in him and he's out again, his value tanks. So that's kind of the, the problem if you are fully in McCaffrey. And that could tank a few of my teams this year that have Christian McCaffrey. So from uh, running backs to dynasty wide receivers, which guy and which guy are you looking to get? So I have this clear top two, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Like they're young. They've produced in insanely high numbers. The first like Jamar's first year, but Jefferson Jefferson's first two. And then we get to this, I call it my tier two. It's basically wide receiver three through wide receiver 11 for me because we have these young guys who like DK Metcalf last year has kind of struggled a little bit. CD lamb didn't fully take that leap. We all expected from him, but he's in a great situation. You have older players where it's, if you invest in them, they start losing value because they're older, like Stefan Diggs, Cooper cup players like that. So it's really hard to like talk yourself into spending a second round pick on them. And then you have, like Deontay Johnson, who's getting a new quarterback. You don't know what's going on. And my perennial favorite of this group is DJ Moore. But his quarterback situation is terrible. So he puts up all these metrics you love to see. Like his target share was, I think it was 28% last year. Um, He does everything you're looking for in a quote-unquote like alpha wide receiver. He has the size. He has the production profile from college. Like everything you would look for in a young wide receiver you'd want. But it's just like – it hasn't clicked and it's because that offense has been such a disaster. Like last year he put up 162 targets, but he only averaged like 14 points a game. So there's this giant discrepancy on like, we love DJ Moore, we love the potential. And if he ever hits it, then he will likely join those top two because he's still young. I think he's 25. Yeah. He just turned 25. So he's still really young, but it's just like, we're just waiting and he's this perpetual tease, but I'm, I'm fully in on DJ Moore of those guys. Yeah, you imagine what DJ Moore could do with a competent, what, with a competent quarterback this year. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I mean, I'm going a little bit lower than your list right now. But, uh, mm-hmm. again, I mentioned one Bronco, so I figured I'd mention another one right now. How about Jerry Judy? Because we are all intrigued by Jerry Juvie's talent. Yeah, he hasn't been healthy his first couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's wondering, what would the Broncos be with a, with a franchise quarterback? Well, we're going to find out this year how good Jerry Juvie can be. Because he'll be, he's got a chance to be the number one option mm-hmm. with Russell Wilson on the center. So I like Jerry Judy. Like for me, he was in that 2020 class with CeeDee Lamb. And I and I've always been a huge CeeDee Lamb guy. So it's always been this like everyone's like Jerry Judy's better. And I'm like, ooh, I don't believe you, but okay, I'll go with it. And he struggled early on just because he's dealt with injuries last year. And his first year he was dealing with just a disaster at quarterback. So that pretty much nuked his season. And then there's also this thing where he has Cortland Sutton who is this like prototypical alpha there as well, who's going multiple rounds later. So it makes it very interesting on who you prefer between those two guys, because one of them is going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. And whoever is will likely be pushing that like high end wide receiver two range. Um, If it all breaks right, they could become a wide receiver one in fantasy. 
Um, we saw what Russell Wilson did with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett for a few years. So everyone is hoping that happens. And if that does happen, like you, they both like hit the sky, right. And they just, you enjoy the ride and enjoy it. So I've been a Corlin Sutton guy in the past. So I prefer him just because he's cheaper, but if the cost is the same between them, I would probably take Judy just because he's younger. He isn't coming off an ACL injury from two years ago. So it's it's going to be fun to see like how that plays out. But I love the situation with Russell Wilson as quarterback. I mean, maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking too much on the quarterback, but I, I'm just intrigued by what happens because I I really like Judy coming out of Alabama, and I just mm-hmm. wanted him with a competent quarterback, and now we'll mm-hmm. get the answer. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Like Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Like everyone will tell you it's, I mean, Brady's like multiple generations has been playing for what feels like 50 years, but like in the NFC, it's been the past decade. It's really been Rogers Wilson that have kind of been these two guys that have been this elite standard for like, since they've been in the league and you've had a few other guys kind of jump in, but those two have been like the best over that time. span. So it's, it's going to be very nice to see hopefully, they take off the shackles that Pete Carroll put on him in Seattle and they let him just conduct that offense. And as I say, let Russ cook, but just, you know, pass more, be a better offense. And both those guys could shoot to the moon if that happens. Indeed. So uh, which guy are you looking to draft on all your teams possible? Okay. So this is like, I'll treat these as like a value question because I don't want to fully invest in somebody who's really expensive because if I do and that person say they get injured or they get hurt, that takes on my teams, right? Yeah. So I will go what I call bargain shopping. And this is like way down the list. It's Jacoby Myers. So Jacoby Myers, um, I posted this thing where I called him like the alpha king that nobody respects because he had an insanely high target share. And we had this narrative last year where they were like, oh, the Patriots signed two tight ends. They signed these wide receivers. And Jacoby Myers was still the guy in that offense. So even with the talk of like they possibly would bring Calvin Ridley or they're going to draft a wide receiver, like I don't really think it matters. Jacoby Myers, even though he was undrafted and slow started out slow, he's proven himself to be a very good wide receiver. I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one or he's going to get 160 targets, but he's going to be connected to Mac Jones for a second year. So they have that chemistry built in and they're going to expand on what they did that year. So I think he very much could be kind of a, like a flyer that will be very productive for most people. So that is the guy I'm targeting on all my teams. If I can get him for the right price, because usually you can get him for like a third round pick if you're lucky or a late second, or ideally you're going to package a player you don't want on your roster with a cheaper pick to upgrade to Myers. So like I call those guys roster cloggers and I would love to get like a roster clogger off my roster um, and to transition that into Jacoby Myers, or you could go the opposite way where you take someone who you're unsure of and downgrade to Myers and get a pick in dynasty. And I love that plan because then you're securing your future too, and you're getting a solid player. So Jacoby Myers is my guy this year. Yeah, if only he could ever reach the end zone, right? Oh, gosh, I know. One of these days, that touchdown regression is going to hit. <laughs> maybe, 
Maybe Bill Belichick's not the head coach and offensive coordinator. <laughs> Do we need to have a half decent offense? Oh, we hope. Uh, I really like Gabriel Davis this year because uh, I, 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 I think Josh Allen, from a pure talent standpoint, is the most talented quarterback in the league. From what he does running and throwing, I mean, Josh Allen threw nine touchdowns without a pick in the playoffs mm-hmm. and lost. How did the that is human? That is impossible. I I I remember watching that game and they're up with like 13 seconds, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're 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 gonna win, they're going to the championship game. And then you just see the defense just crumble, and you're like, how did you blow that lead? Especially after they drove down for a touchdown to oh yeah, whoever, oh yeah, Gabe Davis. And I was like, what is happening? How did this happen? I still couldn't believe it. And then they lost in overtime, and I was just like, I feel so bad for the Bills right now. So bad for them. But uh, if you think back to that division round game, Gabriel Davis called one, two, three, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes Stephon Diggs might be the number one there, but Gabriel Davis brings a ton of upside, brings a ton of big playability, especially with those quote-unquote yak yards. And we know Josh Allen loves to throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really did. like Gabriel Davis this year. So it's weird. Like, ever since we – I think it's week 14, like, his role completely changed. And this might have to do with, like, Emmanuel Sanders being hurt or whatever happened last year. Or but, like, he, he saw – Yeah, and, like, Beasley's whole issue with, like, COVID where he was just having it out with NFL, and that was crazy to see last year. But he – towards the end of the year and towards the playoffs, like – he took that role over and he was very productive. And I know like chasing those outlier touchdowns can be dangerous, but like he's shown a knack for being able to score touchdowns and do it very well. So that's kind of something that he carries with like his deep ball ability and just him being super athletic. Like those things come with that. And if you watch on from like week 14, you see like this change where it's like the targets went massively up. His yards went massively up. Oh yeah. And his touchdowns went up too. And that was all cemented in that divisional matchup where you're just like, who is this guy? Like, this isn't the guy anybody's seen. This is a different player. So if you're getting anything close to that from Gabriel Davis, yeah, he's going to be a smash and he will be um, very much will be very successful on everyone's fantasy teams this year. Yeah, and plus plus, any guy with Josh Allen throwing the Mm -hmm. ball has got a chance of having a big year. We saw what Diggs did a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and – there's always seemingly one guy who steps up in the playoffs. Gabe Davis was that guy. He's got a chance to do it for a full season this year because the Bills are going to be playing big games. And I can't wait to see what those guys do this year. Yep. It's going to be, I'm very curious to see who Buffalo drafts in that, like, I think it's pick 25. Because um, they could go numerous ways because they probably have the best roster in football. So it's like, you don't really have a need if you're Buffalo. So it's like, what do you want to add on? That's kind of like a boost. And I'll tell you what I would do if I'm Buffalo. What are you gonna? What would you do? Defensive back. I would go corner because that's yeah, what I'm thinking. You you can't get better at quarterback. You're not getting better wide receiver. I think I would either go corner or lineman. Yeah. So what's nice about this draft is ah, I'm trying to figure out who's gonna be there at 25, and I haven't paid too much attention to it, but like. 
you if some one of those linemen falls, that's a smash. Like you take that and you just take it to the bank because you'd be so happy to get an impact like edge rusher. And so I maybe they decide they want to trade up for somebody like that's very much a possibility or they could sit there. And I know like people will say they have a need at running back. They, they, they could get crazy and go Brees Hall. And it's just it's bonanzas at that point, because then you're secured everywhere on offense. <laughs> and it's just like, how do you stop them? I don't know how you do, honestly. And the defense is still like pretty good. Like the metrics say they were like not elite, but they were a good defense. So as long as they keep the defenses at the level it should be, that they have the talent, I don't see why they won't be the one or the two seed this next year in the playoffs. Particularly when you look at the AFC East, it's a lot easier than the AFC West because, good Lord, look at Kim. Look at the Chiefs just in the division because Denver and Vegas, everybody made big moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the Chargers went just they had a checkbook they didn't care about. They were signing everybody. And for good reason, they drastically improved their squad. And then you have Denver. They're like, okay, we'll go get Russell Wilson. And it's like, sheesh. And, and then the Raiders. Yeah. No, you can go ahead. And then the Raiders got this Devontae Adams guy. I'm just saying he's half decent. Yeah, he's, he's um, how does I say, the best wide receiver football. So, yeah, I think they did pretty good on that one. <laughs> I don't know how you like whoever wins that division. It's just going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. Like, yeah, whoever gonna... wins the AFC at West this year will definitely earn. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I'm, I don't, I don't know how it, it's. So whoever gets the four spot is probably going to be a very good team, and they could the possibly miss out on the playoffs. It will be the best last place team in football this year. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like you could have nine wins and be last place in the division. Like that's how good that division is, which is crazy to think about, but it's very much a possibility. Yeah. So thanks for talk for talking draft and dynasty, Jesse. And uh, hopefully uh, the 2022 season brings plenty of glory and plenty of dough for your checkbook. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun uh, talking today.